It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. Happy New Year's, folks, to the District of Columbia and all of our listeners out there. You are Locked On Wizards now. I'm Anthony Cittadino alongside SB Nation's Bolts Forever writer, Ben Mehich. We hope you had a fun and safe holiday season. We are back. The first show of 2021. The Wizards are undefeated in 2021 so far. Ben and I cannot wait to kick off this year with a great show ahead. We have so much to get into tonight. But first, go shoot us a follow on Twitter at Lockdown Wizards. Then head over to subscribe to the Lockdown Wizards podcast if you already haven't. Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you may listen. DC, glad to be rocking with you again after the holiday break. The Washington Wizards have improved to two and five since our last show. Big first win over the Timberwolves. Huge win over Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and the Brooklyn Nets. After an 0-5 start, my friend Ben over here was feeling he was feeling pretty blue. Ben, happy new year, my friend. How are you? No, Anthony, I, I kept telling you during our last podcast, you have to stay optimistic. This team is going to turn it around, right? That's what I was saying the yeah, whole time. Yeah. <laughs> but no, they needed these wins, Anthony. The Timberwolves win was, um, it, it, was a, it, it was a win that was to be expected. I think if they lost there, it would have really spelled some trouble. But they did what they needed to do, uh, and kudos to them. They were able to rest Bradley Beal in the fourth quarter, play some of the, some of the players who um, normally don't see the floor. Our man, Anjash Pasajniks, the, the human uh, victory cigar, started playing, and, and he set the record for most turnovers in shortest amount of minutes. I don't know if you saw that, but, <laughs> but that's a good thing. He played because they won, they had a, you know, such a large margin where they were able to play players like that. And then, you know, just a, I believe it was a few days later, they beat the Brooklyn Nets. And even though the Nets had lost three of their last four up until that point, they were struggling a bit. They were still loaded with stars probably the deepest roster in the NBA. I didn't expect them to win. Obviously, I've been pretty pessimistic this whole season, but they look good. And for the first time in the season, 
they they look competitive defensively. Rarely did Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving get clean looks. Joe Harris got it, got off a few, but for the most part, they did a good job staying on him. And after, in the second half, Scott Brooks talked about them needing to get back in transition, and they started to do that. And once they started to compete defensively in that way, uh, the offense took care of itself as we knew it would, and they came out with uh, with a win. So, Anthony, right. um, what were your takeaways from the game? Should should we finally start to be optimistic? Is this the Wizards that we should expect going forward or what? You know, starting the season, this was the Wizards I always had faith in. I know that they can get these big, big wins over this over teams like this. And honestly, I'll give a hot take right now. The Washington Wizards on any given night can beat any team in the NBA. My my opinion, the Nets, the Lakers are atop the league. They have, they are superior. If they're able to take down the Nets, I know the game was super close with two great looks for Kyrie and Katie at the end of it. But looking through the entire night, they were neck and neck throughout the entire game. Every quarter was a battle. Um, and they they played great. They, 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 they played great on the defensive end. They played amazing on the offensive end. And Thomas Bryant looked like a monster out there. Um, you, you know, Russ started really shaky in the first quarter, but got it together in the, you know, got it together in the second half. And, and Brad, as always, puts, puts together a great game. Uh, Rui played, he played great um, for, he, he played 33 minutes. So he, he played well. D- Davis is still, he seems like he's still getting into his, his rhythm shooting wise. And I, I think that he's still probably around that 60 to 70%, but they got over a great team, Ben. They, I mean, 28, 11, and 7 from KD, 30, and 10 from Kyrie, and probably the best bench in the, in, in the NBA. I, I'm just, I'm not trying to say that they do 100%, but they, 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 there's an argument for it. I mean, the Brooklyn Nets, their, their bench is, is so strong, and they have guys to contribute all over the place. In Washington, they played great. They played tough the entire game. I I love their rotations. Ben, what what are we thinking about the consistency now with with Scott Brooks and his rotation selection now that we're seeing Isak Banga not playing at all. Uh Troy Brown was sat, Mo Wagner was sat. Um you know, guys like Jerome Robinson and and Howell Neto, Ishmith were getting were getting minutes in the teens. What what, what's your takeaway for, for, for this new consistent, you know, Roth, uh, um, you know, uh, lineup check for, for Scott. I mean, he's, he's really been um, pretty all over the place for the first five or six games, but now, or for the first five games. And now we're seeing some consistency. Yeah. And, and look, kudos to, to Scott Brooks here, because I'm not one to agree with him all the time. And I don't even necessarily agree with him here. Uh, in terms of playing Jerome Robinson over Isak Bonga and Troy Brown, because I think both of those players have more long-term potential than, than Jerome Robinson. But I do like the fact that he's actually sticking to his guns and playing Jerome Robinson. There is something to be said for that. These players know their roles now. For Troy and Isak Bonga to crack the rotation, they'll have to play more consistently, do something in practice. And, and that's fine, right? Um, and, and the bigger, I think, thing here is my, my other point of contention with Scott Brooks has been his lack of creativity, I think, offensively and the way he's just implemented the roster uh, overall. But against Brooklyn, we saw them consistently post Rui Hachimura up, find switches where he was where he was on the smaller players and they took advantage every single time up the floor. Rui shot three for three from the post. 
Uh, we saw Russell Westbrook, like you said, in the first quarter, he was missing mid-range jump shots. And for them to get consistent play from Russell, they need him to attack the basket and post up and get him near the rim. And we saw him posting up Russell Westbrook where he was closer to the basket. Russell drove to the basket, I think, 10 times last game. We didn't see that in previous games where Russell would often settle. So it's obviously a point of emphasis now. They want Russell to attack the basket, stop shooting as many jump shots, Rui post up, take advantage of his size. And uh, same thing with Thomas Bryant. I mean, they, they found him off switches off, on smaller players. So they did a fantastic job taking advantage of their matchups. And like you said, Brooklyn is, is no pushover. And, and they did them a favor playing Jeff Green over Jared Allen at the end there. I thought that was a mistake by Steve Nash because he got that dunk with Thomas Bryant right, without any right, really uh, right. um, resistance there. But yeah, overall, fantastic job by Scott Brooks by emphasizing the the you know, the advantages that they clearly have. Russell's never going to be a great jump shooter at this point in his life, but with, with his back to the basket, with him driving to the basket, he's still an elite player, and they did a fantastic job utilizing his talents. God, it's so refreshing to have a, a positive a positive outlook <laughs> in one of I'll our I'll say what it is. Like, uh, you, know, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm being realistic. I'm telling you how I see it. You know, you, you are given Scott props where, where it's, you know, where it's deserved. That's great. I, I loved what Scott did too. Um, that's, that's been awesome, but we got to talk about your beef with, with how Troy's not being played now. I mean, you're, you are a big advocate for Troy Brown and also you disagree with how he's been being used him, not even getting any minutes against Brooklyn, him, you know, getting 20, 30 minutes in prior, prior games this season, they look so well against Brooklyn. Does this mean anything for Troy Brown, how he impacts his team, or does this, is this really something else with how they're playing him and how this does affect the team in a better way with him not being in there as a kind of a spot up shooter? Yeah, I think Jerome Robinson's probably a better standstill jump shooter than Troy Brown. He's more aggressive, I think, than Troy Brown in terms of trying to score. And they want that off the bench. It's clear that they, they're looking for a spark plug type player. And Troy Brown can't really do that. He's, he's a better facilitator than Jerome Robinson. And I think he's a better shot creator. But he's not as, as willing of a shooter. And they need that in the player. I'm not saying it's the best move. I think Isak Bonga probably has more potential than all of them just defensively. I think he's very good. But um, yeah, I mean, Troy is kind of the man left out Scott Brooks said something odd a couple I think it was last week where he said you got to pick someone but at least he's picking someone for a reason now right Jerome Robinson is a more right. of a spark plug microwave type player than, than Troy Brown is so I appreciate that I appreciate that he's finally sticking with someone right and and that's worked well for the past two games let's go back to the win against Minnesota first win of the year Russ sitting out they, they don't tell him that though. Someone mentioned that. <laughs> right, someone right. mentioned that in the post game uh, yeah, uh, against the um, Nets, and, and he was quick to say like, "Hey man, I didn't play, but I, I contributed." And I think that's true. You saw him pull Denny Avdia aside multiple times, talk to him. I love the relationship that's been growing there. But yeah, the win against Minnesota was was big. They needed that, and we talked about the sort of momentum that needed to happen soon. Otherwise, drastic things could have could have potentially resulted but yeah they got a huge win over minnesota what, what did you see there that you think carried over to the win against brooklyn really the just how effective thomas bryant is how just unstoppable brad is i mean i'm, I'm sorry and I, I know that we we cover the wizards we talk about them all, all the time but i can't say enough how how great of a player bradley beal truly truly is and, and how top tier he is in the league and he he gets He's overlooked. He's very underrated. He wasn't even on the all-star team in the all NBA selections last year. He is, he is among, he is a top two shooting guard in the league, bar none. 
they they looked phenomenal that night. Thomas Bryant has a case to be one of, if not the most, one of the most efficient and consistent centers in the league. He, he shot seven for seven, you know, he, he picks and chooses where, you know, his shots in, he, he poured in 18 and seven and they got the win. They got a big win. 130 to 109. It's, it's something that, that I think, that can carry over to a lot of games after back-to-backs like Russ doesn't play like he doesn't he won't play back-to-backs right and this was one of those one of those situations and, and this is not taking anything away from Russ they're they're a great team like with Russ on the floor and they can still get it done get the job done with one of their best players out even if it was Brad taking you know resting one night I still still believe that and I love what Russ said in, in the post-game um interviews I love that because that's so him of course I'm a part of the team. What do you mean I'm not part of it? You know, I was there. He he pretty much is on the court when he's not. When he is, you see him. I mean, he, he's out there with a the clipboard in his hand screaming. I mean, he's the first one screaming when someone, you know, makes a basket. I love seeing him how, you know, I love seeing him how involved he is when he's not playing. When he is playing, you know, he, he's super effective. I know that people give him a lot of grief for his shooting and um, his efficiency, but a guy that is able to to pour in twenty some odd points, ten and ten or more, all you know, all the time. That's someone who I want on my team. And Russ, he played great against his old teammate Kevin Durant. He 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 did. I mean, I, I I'm sorry. I mean, I know that his his shooting does not look that great, but I think he played great. I think he played with super super high intensity intensity on the defensive end. Turnovers weren't that big of an issue for the Wizards you know, against Brooklyn. And this is great. They're on a, they're on a nice two game winning streak heading into Wednesday against Philly. And they got a tough five game slate coming up, but still this is, you know, this is a, this is a great way to bounce back from, from five first losses and the district of Columbia. They, they gotta be pretty happy right now. How, how are you feeling, Ben? Yeah, I think it's, it's like I said, these are wins that they needed to get. I was skeptical about the game against Brooklyn just because the team didn't really show us that they're capable of playing at that level but look they didn't in Brooklyn I, I want to also bring back bring back your point about Russ um, before he got traded to Washington you and I have disagreed about him constantly and to a point I still think that you know he's his numbers don't necessarily always translate to success and, and I think you can see that in the win-loss record with the Wizards but one thing that he is a lot better at than I anticipated was his passing I talked about earlier about the way the Wizards took advantage of their size down low, finding Rui, uh, finding Thomas Bryant when off switches. Russell does a fantastic job at making those passes. I mean, it's very close to, I don't think he's as good of a facilitator as John Wall, not the pure passer that John Wall is, but he's leading the league in assists right now, I believe. He's second or I think he's first or second in the league in assists per game, averaging your 12 a game. Um, his passing is outstanding, and his his scoring and rebounding is at, at a Hall of Fame level. So I think his passing kind of gets, um, you know, not not talked about as often. But yeah, I was I'm shocked. I'm always surprised and and, and pleasantly surprised at the, how good of a passer he really is. He, he, his passes are pinpoint. The turnovers will be there with a the player of his usage, but fantastic passing. And I really think it's really helped guys like Thomas Bryant and Rui get you know, see the bumps in their stats. And I think it's going to help them take the next level that the wizard needs them to take in order to become competitive. Right. And just touching on, you know, Russ's effect, you know, how efficient he is and his, and his shooting. I do want to add in there that I don't have the, the, the actual record right now. I mean, I know he, he just had his 150th career triple double the other night and when he was on the 
after his 140th career triple-double with the Thunder at the time, obviously, he he was – or, you know, or, uh, I'm sorry, the, his 138th tri- uh, career triple-double, they were 110 and 28 in the time in – in, in the games that he scored a triple-double. So, I mean – Maybe not translating to wins in the first five game, in the first seven games for for Washington, but but there's a method to this madness. I don't, I I'm always going to be Team Russ. <laughs> I I love what he's done so far. I do I I do think that he's really just scratching the surface. He's going to have, he's going to have games that that you know that blow us away. I truly truly believe that. And one of them was was last night. If if not a lot of people want to think that. This team really showed such such resi- resilience, and Bradley, Bradley Beal, Thomas, Thomas uh, Bryant, and you know Russell Westbrook—they were just sensational. Um, and and yeah, I just I, I do want to talk about Thomas Bryant more too because he was so so great against Brooklyn. Was such a force defensively down the stretch. Ben, I really want to get in to talk about how great Thomas Bryant has been doing in his unbelievable game against Brooklyn. But before we get into that and more of the, you know, the wins against Brooklyn and Minnesota, I want to tell you guys about Bet Online. Are we ready for some football? College football heads towards the national championship with a huge matchup. NFL regular season just finished up with the playoffs right around the corner. There is only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today. For a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKDOWN for your 50% welcome bonus. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax, make your moves, they'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Justin Fields shut Dabo Sweeney up on New Year's Day, and now Ohio State is set to take on Bama this Monday for the national championship. Who is your pick? Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your, your online sport sportsbook expert 2020 is mercifully over it's time for a fresh start and a few more wins if you're betting this year and want more wins listen to lockdown bets with your boy q and lee sterling of paramount sports they are picking college basketball football and nba locks all winter long subscribe to lockdown bets wherever you get your podcast Welcome back, DC. You're still locked on Wizards with Ben Mehich and myself, Anthony Citadino. Let's get right back into it. Ben, my man, I'm going to read you a quote. And I know you probably know who, who said this. Is this a poetry slam? Is it, is it uh You know, I'm a, I, I, might be a po- I might be a poet. <laughs> I may be a poet. But I'm going to read you a quote, and I just want to hear your thoughts on this quote after last night's game against Brooklyn. 
This is the first time in my career I can look down and be like, that mother effer can make that shot too. Now that was quoted by Kyrie Irving, maybe what? Not, you know, beginning of last season when they signed Kate, you know, KD. What? So now, now this, this whole, like this brought a big, you know, it was a national frenzy when he said this, right? When, when he said that, every LeBron lover and follower went crazy and obviously was, was pretty pissed off. So pretty much what we all think is that he was implying that, you know, LeBron can't make those shots. Kevin Durant obviously can make those shots. We saw two open looks, two more. I mean, Kyrie got great space from Rui from the crossover and had a great, great look. Maybe not completely open when Rui came back to try and block the shot. But KD, after it was tipped back out to KD, he had a, he had a, he had a damn good look at the elbow. So Ben, with, with Kyrie saying this, what, I mean, what do you think about their, like their clutch ability? What do you think about, you know, you know, him saying that like him and him and Katie are pretty much on this pedestal, LeBron James, probably like the greatest player on the planet is not. And, and last night we saw, Hey, y'all both missed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we'll remember that because we cover the wizards, but I think come, come like finals time, we're going to be like, you know, the wizards beat them in that one game in January that <laughs> no one watched. But I think, um, you know, Kyrie, obviously he's wrong. LeBron is the greatest player he's ever played with. And, and I think Kyrie has this sort of, he wants to have this competition with LeBron, it seems like, where I think he feels a little bit angered by the fact that he wasn't the best player on a championship team. And that's A-OK because he was the second best player on a championship team. And how many players can say that, right? But I think Kyrie's the sort of player where he wants to separate himself from teams and kind of be bigger than basketball. And on that Cleveland team, he wasn't. Because whenever you play with LeBron, I don't care who you are, you're playing second fiddle to LeBron. Right, But. right. Right now, this Brooklyn Nets team, and, and Scott Brooks said he was praying all throughout the game that they would miss shots, and he said his prayers were answered at the end there. But look, when Kyrie took that shot over Rui and Rui almost fouled him there, one, I was I was glad he just didn't foul him and the ref didn't call the foul, but right. two, it looked right. like it looked like a great shot and I thought it was going to go in. But then when, when KD got the offensive rebound, we talked about this too, he makes that shot, I mean, 100 out of 100 times, and for whatever <laughs> reason, he missed it. And, I mean, it took it takes sometimes to beat really good teams in the NBA, it takes a little bit of luck, and the Wizards were, were, were lucky to have fortune on their side at the end there because Kyrie and KD, say what you will about them as, as, as NBA personalities or the way they carry themselves as NBA players, there's no disputing that they're two of the most clutch players in the NBA maybe even more right, clutch right. than LeBron himself. Who knows? But definitely two of the best or the most clutch players in the league. Not as good of players as LeBron James, of course not. But uh, their ability to hit shots when it matters, it's up there with the best players ever. And the, and the Wizards had – I mean, right. once they missed with Kyrie, I was like, all right, they got lucky. But with the second one, I mean, required uh, <laughs> maybe even a, uh, some sort of intervention from a higher being to, to miss that shot, and they got it. Right. The luck – was on Washington's side. It really was. How often can but you it, say that? <laughs> I mean, you know, you're right. I mean, maybe not, you know, not many times in Ben's lifetime, right? Right. He, he, you know, you make it seem like it's been, it's been a dark, dark road. I mean, you're, <laughs> I, come on. when I met you, I was still following the Knicks. Come on, please, please. Like, let's, you know, 
there's levels to this. Okay. I was much sadder. Oh, just because your poop <laughs> sandwich was on rye and mine was on wheat. Dude, your poop sandwich was going was was a game away from the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh God. Knicks fans are the only people <laughs> who can say that's a success. But yeah, I mean, look, what, what, do we do I, I'm I'm gonna ask you this and you're more optimistic than I am, but do do we take this uh, does this win feel less good after getting that sort of luck or do you not care a win's a win i don't care whatsoever a win's a win washington played their butts off they played great and they beat them you know what 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 can you do i mean shots don't fall sometimes and when when you look throughout the box score i mean it was it was neck and neck every quarter i mean they were you know it was it was right there the entire game and it, and yeah, it came down to the last shot, right? They just had possession and they missed twice. And that's, you know, <laughs> that's kind of what Russ said at the end. Uh, someone asked him, Hey Russ, what was your reaction to KD and Kyrie both missing those clean looks? And he was like, no reaction. They miss, we win, get yep, over. Yep, and that's kind right. of what it is. Um, they definitely had some celebration in the locker room after the game and, and they needed it. And now, and we'll talk about this later, the schedule gets, the schedule gets a little rough after this one. Yeah, it it really does. And, you know, going going forward now with with this slate coming up, right? They have they have they have Philly, Boston, Miami. And they, they got a lot of they got a lot of good teams coming up. But after the first seven games, I guess, Ben, I mean you 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 follow them as closely as anyone. I guess what would what would you say their best and worst attributes are so far? Their highs and their lows. Man, I, I think the lows is, and it seems like they're finally starting to put something together defensively. I think at, at the very least, they're starting to stick to their man. And another huge point that we haven't talked about yet. So worst trait defensively, not even close. I think they're the worst team in the league defensively, giving up the most points in the league. But um, they're, they're not switching as much. And I think that's huge because that's forcing the man defender to stay on his man and not just rely on right. the help side defender to just get the man. Cause it hasn't worked unless you're the warriors and you have Draymond green on your team or those type of players, the Pascal Siakam's of the world, the Anthony Davis's of the world, even the Marcus Gasol's of the world, where you can switch a little bit with your bigs, then maybe you can go ahead and have the luxury to do so. The wizards do not have that luxury. And those Scott Brooks talked about like, oh, Rui's going to help us switch a little bit. Rui's not that defender. He's not. I mean, he's he's improved defensively. I think he has the potential to be a good defender. Right now, he's not. Now that they stopped switching against the Nets, you saw people actually fighting through screens for the first time, running to get their open man, right? Because now there's some sort of um, like you're going to be held accountable if your man scores on you. You can't just switch and be like, uh, you know, uh, I was guarding Kyrie, but then we switched and Rui's on Kyrie now, and that's Kyrie's guy now all of a sudden. Like, there's some accountability now. So I think defensively, you can actually assess the players and say, like, okay, um, this, these are the players who are making an impact defensively, and these are the players who should, who should play going forward. I think that's been their worst attribute. Um, I, I think their ball movement and the way they've carried their offense, we all knew that there would be a high-powered offense just with Russ and Brad, but I think – their, their, their willingness to share the ball. Brad, through no fault of his own, last year was a, a bit of a ball stopper. He didn't have many, much to work with, but he's a willing passer, and I think so is Russ, and, and you've seen that in Russ's numbers, and you've seen it in the increase in production with Rui um, scoring more points than he did last year and looking comfortable doing so. Even Denny Abdia is a willing shooter now. Not, he's not shooting as, as much as I'd like him to, but he's still getting the ball enough where he's getting looks to shoot the ball, and that's a great thing. And, and, we, and we'll talk about Thomas Bryant in our last segment. But 
he's another player who's taken another step just because of the team's willingness to share the ball. But you know, before we get ahead uh, to the game against the Sixers and talk about Thomas Bryant, uh, I want to tell you guys about Rock Auto. Anthony, you know how much I love my car, Harold, the Honda. And whenever I have issues with it, I go to rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. So you know they're reliable. And it's not just for Hondas either. They have parts for hundreds of manufacturers. Everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. All these things I'm familiar with because I'm a huge car guy, Anthony. And Anthony, you've seen my car, Harold. He runs like a charm thanks to rockauto.com. And best of all, the prices when I need them, they're extraordinary. Uh, there's no reason to pay more than you can afford, especially in this economy, Anthony. And that's why I go to rockauto.com. And when you go to rockauto.com and you write locked on, let them know that you heard about us so they know that we sent you. And it's an amazing selection. It's reliably low prices and all the parts your car can ever need. And it's all on rockauto.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. East meets West in Locked On NBA Tuesdays. Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for the Mercury News and host of Locked On Warriors, and David Ramil, host Locked On Heat, tackled the biggest NBA stories of the day coast to coast. Subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, Wizards fans. You're still locked on Wizards with myself, Ben Mehich, and Anthony Cedino. And let's talk about the slate ahead. Um, like you mentioned, we got Miami, we got Boston, we got Phoenix, we got the Sixers coming up. What's it looking like for the Wizards right now? Do you think we can sneak in another win or two? And if not, what does that mean for the future? And you're a lot more optimistic, so I imagine you, you say they go 10-0 and 0 in the next time. But... <laughs> you know, I, I am. And I think that the Wizards can win all five of these games. Will they? That's that's a much different story. But I think out of the next five games slate, we're going to be surprised. I'm saying they're going to – out of that five games, I think there's going to be three wins coming out of them. Philly, I'm – I am so sure that they, that they can beat Philly. Boston, they're, they're, Boston and Miami are super tough. I really – I see them beating Philly – Upsetting Phoenix. Phoenix is on a hot streak right now, and then beating Utah. You know, you know Miami super super. They're super set defensively. Boston, they have. I mean, they just they really have it all like throughout throughout their bench, and it's it's awesome to see what they can do with such young guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And I mean, I I love watching the Celtics, but you know, it's in Boston. That'll be a tough win for sure. Miami, they're they're fresh off a of finals appearance. And, you know, Jimmy and Bam, they're, they're, they're a great, great duo alongside guys like Duncan Robinson and, and Tyler Hero and the rest of the gang. But I, I do. I see them coming out on top after this five-game slate. I'm seeing I'm – seeing, I'm, I'm going to uh, predict three wins out of the five. And, and yeah, I, I mean, that's how they can start building, building their, their record, you know, to, to become better throughout the season. I mean, throughout these – Throughout these slates, after that, it's looking it's looking pretty easy for a little bit until they get to to Milwaukee. But 
they're, they really have a great team. I truly, truly believe that where they're most lacking is on the defensive end and on the glass really. And, and when, when they do play well defensively, like we saw again, you know, in Brooklyn, they, they were in it the entire time. They just, they just never stopped on both ends and, and that got them the win. People want to speculate and say, you know, like, yeah, missed shots, this, this, and that, like that's, you know, they, they got lucky, you know, there's luck in everything, right? We, you and I always talk about Ben that, you know, to win an NBA championship, no matter, no matter how great you are, those Warriors teams, they needed some luck, right? They, you know, they needed some luck to win those championships, even though they were by far ungodly good for those three years. And, um, you know, barring any, you barring a Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson injury, they probably would have three rings um, and three people, but that's besides the point. I digress. Um, but yeah, I just, I see them playing. I, I see them continuing the streak, Ben. And I wouldn't be surprised if they beat Boston too. And my, I, I, that's the thing throughout the season. Whoa. That's what I will say. That's what I will say about any team. The Lakers are up. They can beat them. I, I, I don't care what teams on the slate. I, 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 I know this team can beat any team. I just, I, I know they can't, especially after last night. I mean, I knew it before that, just, you know, just given, you know, the talent and like, you know, how they move on on the floor. I mean, yes, we talk about defense all the time. It's super, it is super depressing seeing when they are lacking and, and, but also, you know, games where they don't get in turnover trouble. That's huge. You know, I mean that when they start getting to 20 turnovers and, and, and more than 20 turnovers, that's, that's what really, really can, you know, can lose a game when they're, when they're, controlling it having around 13 you know 13 14 turnovers and and you got guys like you know thomas bryant just going off in the second half he how great was he defensively honestly that was that was great to watch he's been awesome this whole year i mean he's a guy who we talked about earlier he gets kind of stuck with when they switch and and he's left kind of on an island at the basket when he's constantly having to guard smaller players switching on smaller players and it makes him look like a lot worse defender than he is not saying he'll ever be rudy gobert or ben wallace or anything like that but they don't need him to be i think as long as he brings that energy defensively as he's been doing and he remains competitive and he's not beat on the boards as he's rarely, as he rarely is, then the Wizards can be a good basketball team. I think it, it, it has to be with the commitment, as we talked about, less switching, more man defense and, and committing to your guy, right. committing to playing defense. And they showed that against Brooklyn. And you mentioned them possibly beating Philly and Boston and Miami. I think you're right. I think this team has enough talent on the roster with just Brad and Russell Westbrook alone where they'll be competitive in all these games. Um, and that's another weird thing about this team. We saw them kind of lack that energy against uh, Orlando and Chicago. And I don't think that's unique to them. You know, they're human beings. And I think it's a lot easier to play against better teams. It's a lot easier to get motivated. And now with their record, what it is, two and five, I get it. They won two in a row, but they're still two and five. They need these wins. And this is motivation in itself. Their record is poor and they're playing good teams. So I think you're right. I mean, the recipe for them to win uh, is there. They don't have any pressure coming into these games. It's on Boston, Miami, Philly. Uh, all these all these elite Eastern Conference teams to win. The pressure isn't on Washington. The record's still poor, and, and the expectations are a lot lower for Washington than it is, you know, Philly and Boston. But like you said, Thomas Bryan is going to be the key. And and I'll, I guess I'll pass it over to you now. To me, he's looked like the third-best player on, on the roster. Um, I get Ruiz dealt with the eye irritation, which has sat him for a chunk of the season. But is he the third-best player on this team? Some I, I've seen some arguments that he's the second-best player on the team, but I, I'll leave that to you. I don't know. Right, right. He's played that well so far, and he's that efficient. You know, he's through seven games. Let's see, eighteen points per game, 
almost seven rebounds a game. He's shooting. He's shooting 66 from the floor and he's shooting 50% from three. I, I, I wouldn't argue it right now, especially through seven games. And obviously with Russ missing two games, right? Like due to back-to-backs. I, I would not argue that right now. I mean, he's, he might be their most valuable player right now, really. I mean, you know, with Brad and, and Russ taking care of, you know, all like the heavy lifting offensively and, and, you know, and, you know, for Russ, you know, facilitating and passing wise, but. Let's double down and let's both double down, put it in, let's put it in writing. Let's get hate for it. But this, I think okay. you're right. And I think he might be their most valuable player. If you're just going to, how, how you describe value, how you interpret that. You know I, mean? I, mean? I think we're interpreting you know? it the same way without his 21 and 14, 75% shooting in Brooklyn. Right. That's, that's unbelievable. I, I'm not saying he's more valuable than Bradley or Russell, like, like in those terms, when I, when I mean most valuable player, you're, you're like really the, like your heart and like what, you know, I, really what spark plugs you. I mean, you need, you need guys like TV and someone like him. I, again, he's, he's probably the most efficient shooting center in the league right now. I mean, number wise, it's unbelievable. I can't believe it. Crazy is that? Because when we talk about guys who are hyper efficient as centers, you have the DeAndre Jordans, the Rudy Gobert's of the world who can't make a basket outside of six feet, right? They're catching lobs and they're hitting jump hooks. Rarely. Rarely are they scoring with their back to the basket, right? And that's fine. Mm -hmm. They're still quality centers at that. Thomas Bryant is shooting three-point shots at, at a 50% mark, and he's shooting them at a high rate. Like, he's shooting them consistently. It's not like he's shooting them every once in a while. When he's open, he right. takes the shots. He scores right. with his back to the basket. He gets offensive rebounds. He scores with putbacks. I mean, he's offensively the most efficient center in basketball, and I don't think it's close with that amount of offensive, like, output. It's not like he's just – I won't argue goals. that. It's insane. Yeah, no. He, was, he plays, and I hate to say it, with a scrubs energy – but with a player with legitimate talent, when you combine a player with he's he's scrapping and clawing as if his roster spot is on the line, right? His energy is absolutely unbelievable, and that that could be argued too. Like, who brings more energy, him or Russell? I mean, everyone would think, and everyone and their mother would think, you know, Russell Westbrook brings the most energy in the NBA. Thomas Bryant is literally like when you put, like, a, a, what the hell? What's that candy? The, the Mentos in a in a, in, 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 <laughs> yeah, in a thing of soda. soda, Pepsi. He he, exp- he he goes up for a dunk. He, Insane. You, just, you see him explode. He just, he goes crazy. I worry he, for his well-being every time he goes for a dunk. I'm like, is he gonna <laughs> end his life right here? I mean, the, yeah. I mean, he and he and he's the a really interesting thing Scott Brooks said when he first when they first signed um, Thomas Bryant in 2018. Shout out Ernie Grunfeld because he did that. Um, he was basically just an energy guy. He was a rebounding player. He can just get offensive rebounds, like one of those scrappy sort of third centers on the team, barely on the roster. I mean, the Lakers waived him. Right, right. They had to kind of challenge him to own his energy in a positive way because he would get technical fouls. He would freak out. He was frustrated at himself when he missed shots. And I think for the first time in his career, in his young career, he's finally using that energy and channeling it in a positive way. We've seen it defensively right. too. Um, he's not the greatest shot blocker. It won't necessarily translate, but he can test shots at the basket. He's right. always back there. If he misses a rebound, he's always back challenging for the rebound. He rarely defeated. I mean, I can't think of a possession this season where he was outworked. Exactly. He, I mean, even at the, the last rebound that he grabbed at the end, of, after Kevin Durant took his shot, when he grabbed that rebound, 
he, I, I mean, he grabbed it with such, such force and like just started screaming in Bradley's face. It just w- went crazy. This guy, I mean, he does anything to help his team. He kind of reminds like the fire that Don, you know, that Dennis Rodman had back in the day. He, he has that fire. He does something good. You know, the, the fans watching, everyone's going to know he's, you know, he, he really is, he, he's must watch TV. I mean, I, I love watching him play and against, against Brooklyn, he came through big Ben. 21, 14, nine for 12 from the floor. The game before that, seven for seven from the floor. I'm- yeah. He's played at an all-star level and you won't, the casual NBA fan doesn't watch the Wizards and I don't necessarily blame them. And the casual NBA fan doesn't know who Thomas Bryant is. But right. I think, let's say you're a Lakers fan and you watch Lakers and Wizards, you quickly find out who Thomas Bryant is. He makes it known who he is. He's impossible 100%. to miss on the screen through his Energy alone, as we've talked about, but his talent is outstanding. I mean, the way he can shoot the ball for for a player his size, you rarely find a player his size that can shoot the ball the way he can. And and, and it's really helped the Wizards with their spacing. And the way he learns from his mistakes, Brad Beal, after the game yesterday, said there was a possession there where Thomas should have rolled to the basket, but he popped. And I told him, hey, man, if you drove to the basket, you would have had a dunk. Bradley Beal misses that step back three. That was supposed to be the game winner. They get the offensive rebound. Thomas Bryant rolled to the basket that possession and got a dunk as the game-winning dunk. So he learned from the previous possession, and he did exactly what was needed. He didn't panic at the end. He found an open spot, got the dunk, and won the Wizards the game. And like you said, Brad Beal will get the shine. Russell Espo will get the shine. But the people who watch the games and and they're diehard Wizards fans and watch the evolution of this team – it's pretty clear Thomas Bryant, I think, makes the most probably the most irreplaceable impact on the team. Right? He's he's like their engine. He really he gets him going, man. I, I love what he's done. And that really begs the question now. There's been a lot of talk, right? Rui had a great rookie year. Great, great rookie year. High, high expectations coming into this year. But we'd, we've talked about this early in the season, and we, we've talked about the, their, you know, who's going to be the Wizards' third best player. Obviously, Brad and Russ—they speak for themselves. They're, you know, superstar talent. That doesn't even even need to be said. Right now, who's your third best player? I'm—I mean, I'm guessing between Rui and TB. I mean, other people probably will make you know arguments for whoever else. But right now, it looks pretty clear to me that we're we're going to argue between TB and Rui. And and, and yeah. I'd love to get your take. I don't even think there's an argument there. I, I like I appreciate Rui, and I think he's improving and he's shown um his confidence has really increased and he's willing to shoot the three now and uh he's done a great job finding position in the post and his impact is has been profound and the wizards look like a better team with him on the floor no doubt about it but like we like we've said previously i mean thomas bryant's production whether or not he's and it rarely does he have a bad shooting night but even when he has he's able to contribute with his, his rebounding, his energy is contagious. I mean, this is the sort of player you love to have on your team and you hate to play against. And the Wizards are really, really fortunate that they scooped him up on waivers. I mean, I can't remember the last time a player was was signed off waivers and he played this well. I mean, it, it, honestly, like, I hate to give credit to Ernie, right, because he, he hasn't been, you know, I don't even know if, if, if it's – um. A legal issue. Probably listening right, him, now. But he, listening right now. But he might be listening. Hey, Ernie, if you're listening, man, at least you <laughs> gave the Wizards Thomas Bryant. It took you 16 years to do something good, but you did something good here. And and look, if the Wizards can shape their record up and look competitive by All Star break, who knows? Thomas Bryant is going to be in that conversation. Are we crazy? Absolutely not. 
Thomas Bryant looks right now that he is capable of averaging tw- close to 20 and 10. And if he shoots, I mean, if anyone shoots close to 50%, everyone's head is, you know, blown off their shoulders. If he shoots in the 40, if he shoots in 40% from three this year, I mean, he's a hundred percent. If, if not the top center, one of the top centers, I mean, he's a, he's in the, he's the top center in the league at that point, a hundred percent. There's, there's no doubt about it. So let's make, let's end on this since we're on Thomas Bryant. He looked really good, and rarely do players stop Joel Embiid. He looked really good their first game against Philly right. and, and did a good job of containing him. Let's make our predictions for the game before we sign off. They're heading to Philly. Philly, I think, is a, is a talent, and I, th- and I think they'll be really competitive this season as, as they've been. Mm-hmm. Who do you got? Washington, Philly. Oh, I, I got the Wiz. I definitely do. I think they, you know, they, they bounce back after their season op- opener against the Sixers and beat them this time. You know, Joel Embiid, he, he went off last time, whatever he had. I think 29 and 14 he had. It didn't look like it on paper that the Wizards got outworked, but, you know, TB got 26 minutes, 10 and 5. I don't, and he went 0 for 3 that night from 3. I don't think that's going to trend. And, and it was probably one of his sh- worst shooting nights from the floor, regardless, he went five for 13 from the floor. So I don't think that's going to be the case tomorrow night. And if Russ, Russ and, uh, and Brad pour in their, their normal close to triple double or triple double and, and, you know, Brad's 30 point, you know, great games and whatever he has five and six, or I, I really do believe that they, they're going to beat the Sixers with ease. Um, if they do that. And, and that's, if they stay out of turnover trouble, if, if they're able to like put up a shot, almost every time they get up and down the floor, then that's much better than turning the ball over. If they're able to defend the glass, if they're able to get offensive, you know, offensive rebounds at times, it's, these are things that, that are really going to bode well for them against a team like, like Philly. And again, last time they played Philly, their, their rotations were completely out of whack. And, you know, Brooks was still messing around. I feel, I feel like, I, I still feel like the first five games he was, he was just trying to find a rhythm and waiting for Rui to really come back. I mean, when, when they played, when they played uh, Philly the first time, you know, Isak started and, and, you know, now it's, it's completely different. You know, Troy Brown got 22 minutes against them in the first game. And we, we have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow, you know, minutes wise, rotation wise. And, and I mean, I, I think, I think, I think I know what you're thinking too. It's Scott's probably going to carry, carry what's on from the past two games to, uh, to Philly and they're, I think they're going to look great. I think they're going to get the win against Philly hundred percent. How about you? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I know I've been pessimistic about the wizards this season. They get, haven't given us much reason to be, to be um, happy and, and uh, <laughs> to be honest with you, but they've, they haven't looked horrendous in any of these games and they've been competitive. And I think they've led in every single one of these games. They haven't gotten blown out in any of these games. And I think, if they can remain competitive against Philly and give themselves a chance to win, whenever you have Westbrook and Beal on your team and you're in there within the last few moments, you have a decent chance to win the game. That's all the Wizards need to do is stay competitive, keep playing mediocre defense. You don't even need to be an elite defensive team when you're this good offensively. Play decent defense, contain Joel Embiid. Like you said, don't turn the ball over because if you turn the ball over against Philly, you might end up getting your first blowout. But I think, I think I'm going to be optimistic too. I, I, I think they're going to beat Philly. I think they have legitimate momentum. Whether or not they beat a kind of, um, you know, disinterested Nets team or whatever you want to call it, they're still figuring out their rotations too. 
they still beat the Nets. And for them, it's a very, very meaningful win. They got momentum on their side. They look great against Minnesota. They look good against Brooklyn. Why not? Why not? Why not the Wizards again? So let's go three wins. Why not a three-game win streak? Let's go. Why not? And you know what? Robin Lopez had a three last game, and that, in my mind, sealed him the win. Got hit a three. I don't know about you guys at home, but I I definitely drank, you know, <laughs> my drink in my hand when he did that. And also, if you uh, did, you see his celly? Um, I don't know if I remember it. He he did the he did the. He put the the three up, but oh. he was sipping tea. He was sipping tea. Oh, very classy, Robin. Oh, Lopez. it was great. It was great. Very classy, Wizards fans. All right, so we'll catch you guys next time. Likely talking about the Wizards' win or loss, and perhaps even before then. Thanks for listening. For Anthony Cittadino, I'm Ben Mehic signing off. And you got anything else? DC, it's always a pleasure. We appreciate you. We love you. We can't wait to rock with you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.